for this Jumpstart session today, we've got what reasons clients won't hire you again and what it takes to work with high achievers and get hired by high achievers. So after coming from the last number of events I just got back from in San Francisco and New York, I talked to a number of people who hold um, live events and workshops and conferences themselves. And over and over and over and over again, the theme that I see endlessly is not that people aren't getting hired. Typically, here's what happens. So people talk a lot about value and pricing, and we, we can talk you know, until we're blue in the face about all that. Um, but what I find is the difference between the amateur and pro on the surface nowadays is, is really the lines are getting blurred. Um, I would honestly put some of my wedding videos that are my favorite wedding videos I ever created back in 2009 and 10 against some of the best wedding videos that are created in 2019. Um, short of the fact they weren't shot on 4k cameras and there were no drones back in that time, uh, unless you wanted to get a helicopter, the work hasn't drastically changed. It drastically changed to a degree, uh, when the DSLRs came back, uh, came out in 2009, but it hasn't drastically changed since then as a collective whole. And so the lines are getting blurred on the difference between the work of an amateur and the work of a professional on the surface, on the front end. And so people have always talked about competition, and I talk about something community over competition. I I booked my first $4,000 wedding from my competition. They kept getting mentioned on phone calls uh, with brides and grooms, and so I decided to reach out to them, have lunch with them, and then within a couple weeks, they sent me a lead, and I knew they were $8,000, so I got the courage to charge $4,000. This was, I don't know, three, four, five years into my career. But what's happening is, is of course, with with the, the iPhones and the cameras and the cameras that are out there, and at the affordability of them, there are 12-year-olds making excellent videos. And on this is not to, to downplay the, the creative or the storytelling abilities or the color grading abilities or these things. But I find that there's a big difference between trying to impress your peers and getting paid by clients. And so too many times, you know, well, all the time as a collective whole, our peers aren't paying our bills. And so we're in groups like full-time filmmaker and we're in other groups, we're sharing our videos with our peers and it can inherently up-level our quality of work potentially with all the positive and or negative feedback that we can acquire from everybody from the peanut gallery, but they're not the ones paying the bills. And what I find is the consumer themselves, the clients themselves as a whole can't really see the difference between the person who's been doing it for 10 years and has done hundreds and hundreds or thousands of videos and the person who's been doing it for 10 months. And so the person who's been doing doing it for 10 months on the surface could be excellent. But here's, I'll give you an analogy related to painting our house. So when we got into our new house about two years ago, we had some friends who were wanting to get into painting and doing things and um, got some bids and quotes and it was gonna cost us 10 or $15,000 to get our house and everything that we wanted painted, painted that they did for three grand. They were kind of brand new. They wanted to get their feet wet, et cetera, et cetera. And so we let them do it. Now, on the surface, I don't really believe that the quality they did versus the professional, because we had the professionals do some other stuff before, I don't believe that there was a drastic difference. But it's all the things behind the scenes. It's all the things below the surface that are the difference between the professional and the amateur. So there was some one speed, 
because they didn't do this professionally, we weren't the only th- client in, in the Rolodex of people they were working with. They were, had their full-time jobs. They were really busy. They were working on other things. So it took probably two, three weeks longer than it would have taken the professional. So speed was something that had we hired a professional would have most likely, most likely been done faster. The other thing was is that they had um, uh, one section of paint in our house was done a certain way. And because of them not being a professional, they didn't recognize that that uh, needed to be done a certain way. And so now if we happen to hit it, it just peels right off the wall. So because they weren't experienced, they didn't see that. And so therefore they couldn't have addressed that ahead of time. And then we, of course, weren't the professionals, so we didn't know. Um, and so the same thing for say a wedding videographer, you could have somebody who shot three weddings, do an excellent job, but it doesn't mean one, they're going to be consistent because they're learning on, I mean, we're all learning on the fly. We're all continuing to hopefully grow and learn as we go along. But if you've shot 125 weddings, you've experienced a lot. You've seen a lot and you've figured a lot of things out. And so the things that you aren't going to be able to overcome quickly without it ruining something in the, in, the, in the project or in the day are highly unlikely. Whereas if you've only shot two or three weddings, there's a high probability that things are going to happen in the next 10, 15, 20 weddings that you've never experienced that could have you missing shots that you would have been able to anticipate that particular thing happening or fix things in an instant versus taking 30 minutes or an hour to fix it because you're not prepared or not having backups. Like there's a whole slew of things that when you just see the final product, you don't know how long someone's been doing it necessarily. But then on the back end, and this is where I'm going to tie in the things that I keep hearing. I am not seeing that the people that we get hired by and the people that I'm connected with get hired by. I just had one of the guys I coach um, sent me, um, it's going to become a, a podcast episode. One of my coaching clients, we were going back and forth and he sent me the work of the prior video production company's work. And I said, do you know why they didn't hire them again? Because I'm looking at the video and the video is absolutely fantastic. So something went haywire along the way that doesn't have them continuing to work with, we still, um, doesn't have them continuing to work with those same people. And he says, I happen to do know. He said they were really difficult to deal with, didn't do things on time, et cetera, et cetera. And that in the last uh, two or three weeks of people that I ran into on the shoots I was on, we're talking about that same thing. One lady said, and we are talking right now, the recording this episode, November 2019, one lady had a videographer that she hired in April for her event, and she still didn't have a video. Who cares whether or not the guy is excellent on the final product? That speed and urgency and professionalism, and not all people who do it professionally or have done it for years are going to live up to these calibers, but where I'm saying for you to differentiate yourself, that is not, the front end is not fully the area. That doesn't mean you should be mediocre. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't create excellent work. That doesn't mean you shouldn't strive to be a better shooter or editor or those things. That is never what I'm saying. I'm not saying be mediocre, be crappy, don't create quality work. What I am saying is, is the overemphasis only in that area 
is not going to have you getting paid more from clients and getting repeat business. And you know, a lot of you out there who are talking about you have full time jobs and. Um, you know, I've, I've seen things, people saying, I'm, I'm afraid, of, I, I'm not afraid, but I don't want to take work away from people who do it professionally, or I'm afraid of my value. Like there's a lot of different nuances that people are saying when they're employed. The thing that I can say is that you might not, hopefully not need the money. So you can one, be more selective with what you take on and you've got to watch how much you take on. Now, whether you're employed and still work full time or you do this full time, you have to be cognizant of that single factor alone, which is how much volume of things do you take on at which point in time, one, you can lead to burnout, but two, that you aren't able to take care of your clients in a timely manner. And a lot of this happens when it's like, I can do it all. I can shoot, I can edit, I can do everything and I'll keep all the money if I do that. Well, there's truth to that. But again, in my experience, what I have seen is people not rehiring because typically at times it's the rehiring part, not the hiring the first go around. And this is where I can come in and get $9,000 where the people before me couldn't get $2,500. And that's not because my work is astronomically better than the person who went before me. It's because when we're on site, we create an absolutely super amazing, pleasant experience for our clients. They just love working with us. And the amount of times I've heard, you're a breath of fresh air. Man, I could just tell you really love what you do. And I'm thinking, and the people who I've worked with, who've worked with somebody else, I ask them, I'm like, what about the people that went, what, what's the deal there? And they're always like, well, they didn't really seem to enjoy what they did. They, they didn't look very happy the whole time. They were difficult to get a hold of. They didn't get done when they said they were going to get done. You know, so maybe they were going to deliver the edit in two weeks and now it's two months. It's never, I almost never hear anything about the quality of the work. At times I do, for sure, but I hear far more about all the subtleties below the surface that no one's typically talking about as to why people don't get rehired and as to why someone doesn't get out of the commodity pricing of, which is kind of ties into, if you're enjoying this, give some likes and love. Uh, give me a rock and roll. You can hear this I'm recording it live right now, but uh, always love that. Get a little drink of water. But this other element, what does it take to get hired by, say, high achievers or people who are going to pay more money? You know, the interesting thing is, is that what I recognize that I have seen now, at least in the area, so being able to work with people like Tony Robbins and Tim Ferriss and Richard Branson and Lewis Howes and Gary Vaynerchuk and major events that have four to eight to 10,000 people at it and all these kind of thought leaders and speakers and conferences over the last six to eight years. And then prior to that, shooting over 300 weddings, it's been fascinating to really study, well, what is the difference between, again, and it ties into some that we're talking about here, but what's that difference between, you know, getting a thousand to $3,000 for something and being able to get in the five, eight, 10, 15,000, 30,000. It just depends on who you're working with, what you're working on, et cetera, et cetera. But some of the things that I found is that Your level of certainty and confidence and clarity in what you do and the focus of what you do, your ability to be excellent at something and not okay at a whole bunch of things. Now, you might be multi-skilled and multi-talented. I think inherently that's that's the uh, 
that's the world we live in, that you're probably going to know how to shoot and do sound and do editing and do color grading. And you've had to learn how to sell and all these things. But the more you keep spreading out into all these different areas and avenues is that and you say yes to every single thing. And, and that there's an area in which in time you should potentially do that. And there's an area in time which you shift out of that. And I believe the area in which in time you shift out of that and you start to get more clear about what you love to do, what you're excellent at, what things you don't love to do, what you're not as good at, and those things you're not saying yes to. Because as you've heard me say about the Master Chef versus Subway before, this idea that when you go to a fast food restaurant or a Subway, you never, you're never like, I trust you, just make whatever you want. You don't pull up through the drive-thru and say, hey, you know, whatever you want to make me today, I'll take it. And they're like, who are you? And we don't even know what you like or want, and that's not our job to just make whatever. What do you want? We take orders, right? But as the creative, a beautiful place to get into is a place where you're trusted. I just trust you to do your thing, right? And it's because you have a track record of doing your thing. And you have all these samples as well to show that you're consistent at doing that thing. And the way you're able to talk to the client is coming from a place of of certainty and confidence in what you do and your ability to fulfill on what you do. See, too many times when you play the the subway and you're just talking like, well, whatever you want and how many, you know, you're making it all in the client. Hey, I'm just taking orders. When you're just taking orders, the high achievers, if and when they do hire you, typically treat that as a commodity because they can find anybody to take orders, right? The 12-year-old, their daughter can take orders. Their daughter might have a camera. Their daughter might be able to make what on the surface looks like a solid video, but it's on under the surface of all those other things. They're going to make that either a pleasant experience or one that they want to you know, now value paying more. And so this is where I come into this idea at times too. I, I, you know, a lot of people maybe not in the full-time filmmaker community because, you know, uh, Parker talks about free to fee. It's something I've talked about a lot, but I love the way he says it, free to fee. I've been using free for years and years and years. Um, but I think more than ever, strategically using free work to get paid work is a super powerful thing because the amount of people who have potentially been, you know, taken advantage of nowadays is very high. And whether it's directly related to video or not, it might be SEO services or an ad agency or photography or something where they've used somebody before you that didn't do what they said they were going to do. Now, that doesn't mean they were mean people. That doesn't mean that they didn't create a good video or they didn't do what they said they were going to do. But in the sense that they didn't do what they were saying they were going to do, maybe it was timing. They said it was going to be two weeks and it was two months, you know, or because they only shared a demo reel and didn't share what a final product would look like. The expectation was colossally mismanaged. And so therefore the client got something that they weren't happy with because again, everything's a shot in the dark. I've never done this before. Let me, you know, and so those kind of things happen. And what I find is, is that you can, you can essentially by using potentially free work, or as we're starting to call it, it is case study work. You can go in and create a case study for a client that shouldn't take you weeks or months to complete, but allows you to create an experience. Because what I'm finding more than ever is it is in the creating of an experience that will allow you to essentially create more work. So there's an, there's a post that I, I have made about how I had, you know, this, uh, 
29, 20, uh, or uh, what was it, 24 emails that turned into a $9,000 project that almost didn't even hire me because we were too expensive. And now we're already hired back for the next year. And what I, I found is it's, it's playing the long game. Now, they luckily were at, and this is what I used to do in weddings, the same day edit did this, but I did same day edits. We did on-site edits at the events I was at. So the lady that ended up hiring us, she had experienced us for free at another event. And so in this day and age, You've got to learn to do what you've got to do to create an experience of what it's like to work with you, what it's like to to be able to have video services. Because on the surface, the con man can sound the same as the non-con man or woman, if you will. And so you might be totally honest. You're going to be doing things in a timely manner. You're going to do a great job, et cetera, et cetera. But they've already heard this, this, this mouth service from somebody else who didn't do what they said they were going to do, who took advantage of them, who, who didn't you know, create the kind of videos they thought they were going to get, et cetera, et cetera, all these different things that could happen. So by you being able to come in and do something that shows we're going to do it on time, we're going to be pleasant to, to work with, we're going to be timely in our email response, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I just released an episode, and I recorded this a while back. I had done a survey in Full-Time Filmmaker where I said if you get an email and somebody says, hey, are you available? Here's what we want, you know um, – you know, are you available and how much is it? Do you tend to email the client was the option or do you tend to pick up the phone? And of all the people who chose the, I tend to just email option. I asked everybody, what's the highest you've ever been paid? And the highest they'd ever been paid was $1,500 for a project. And of the people who chose that I pick up the phone option, those, the highest one was $38,000. And so what I found is it's in relationships and connections and all the stuff below the surface, below the surface, that is going to allow you to get repeat clients and get paid a heck of a lot more money for projects than you tend to get paid if you're just trying to do everything via email and you don't really like talking to people. I mean, yeah, if your work is just so unbelievably excellent and maybe you've built this huge channel on YouTube or things like that, there's always an exception to the rule. And I think that I'm not a big rule person, but I always believe that there's trends for certain things and there'll always be the asterisk. There's always the outlier. Um, but at times I want to be the outlier and not have to play, you know, Russian roulette to achieve the outlier status in the sense that at times if we're doing certain things, it's like playing the lottery. You know, if you, if you live your life by simply, I hope I win the lottery, Right, then your likelihood of having things happen at times could be slim to none, but at times they may. And so for me, I want to do whatever I can to create my own luck and to create my own reality and to make things happen. That doesn't mean forcing, but creating is where you don't just sit back and kumbaya and hope that things happen. Um, you know, we, we cross our fingers and, and we, we put up maybe videos online. We, we load things to YouTube and we, um, post on Facebook and we post on Instagram and then we sit back and we go, I hope people see it. I hope people like it and I hope people hire me. And, you know, um, one guy had the acronym that I shoot for and he talks about hope being help out a person every day. And I believe that if you are in service, I I love that. I believe if you're in service to people and you actually seek to just do the work that you want to do. And in the beginning, you do the work you want to do by simply doing the work, right? You don't 
have a false sense of, of confidence and immediately charge super high rates, but rather you get out there and you build a reputation, you build your confidence, you build your skill set, and then you can start really shifting those rates. And you know how fast they shift is different for each individual. Uh, but the reality is that service-oriented mindset and helping people out, posting something online and then be like, well, I didn't get hired by anybody or they wouldn't pay my rates and it's been four months since I've done any other work is the hope method, but not the help a person out every day method. It's the, I hope and pray and cross my fingers that because I've, you know, as I say, the field of lies or the field of dreams, you know, if you build it, they will come. Focusing on business cards and pamphlets and demo reels and websites and posting on social media, that's a great hope method. And it should be part of the process of things that you do. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do these things or have these things at all. I'm just saying that from a relationship, connecting, helping, doing the work standpoint, it will take you far further faster than the hope, uh, the, the two hope models, right? Hope, help a person out every day or hope and pray and cross my fingers and kumbaya, right? I want the help a person out every day method and use that to acquire clients and acquire work and build relationships and plant seeds and make connections and have it where I'm playing the long game versus I'm sitting back every day and hoping that someone finds me and connects with me, right? Who can you connect with? Who's already in your network that you can connect with and that you can help with the skill sets you have that start opening up the doors and start getting the train moving down the track. I'm gonna stop here for one second, see what we've got. Zach Middleton, what's up, my man? First start, I was afraid to get on the phone. Now that I've got some clarity and confidence, I really pushed to get on the phone or even video chat. Absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, Brandon, if that's how you say it, all the live streams are in full-time filmmaker and then they become podcast episodes on Jumpstart Sessions. So uh, jumpstartsessions.net, you can find all the prior episodes. I think we're like 24, 25, 26 is the recording of, of this particular one. And uh, typically one episode comes out every week. There's either a coaching episode where I coach somebody one-on-one and a ton of those up right now, or I do solo sessions like this. So uh, it's on iTunes and every other platform that you can download a podcast and uh you can look it up by finding jump search sessions so um yeah if you're enjoying it give some likes and love and we'll be wrapping this up soon but uh yeah super super uh they don't disappear um yeah so so yeah it's 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 one of those things where there's such a heavy emphasis put on and it's the sexy thing i get it right the 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 cameras um you know the cameras the editing the glamour all that it's sexy right it's cool it's glamorous it's the fun thing and and for a lot of creatives it's because you're true creatives and i think over time people can evolve and be a true creative and 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 be a version of a true entrepreneur as well and and really succeed in business for sure while some on certain levels are far more just a pure creative than want anything to do with the business side of things or even the the relationship connecting you know people side of things and so as a byproduct you know you struggle until you potentially collaborate um to me all creatives and all artists have an ability to succeed in business it's just how you go about it um, you know, time and time again, I've seen where 
multiple people that I know who either one mentored or shot either under me or other people I know um, for a number of years. Now they have their own thing. That's that's an option. So it's it's kind of the the mentorship, you know, being able to get your feet wet, but not have to worry about the business, but get to do what you want to do, or slash even pseudo employment that way. Um, so some end up making the transition. Some potentially never make the transition. They just go employment and they're good. And others are able from ground zero to just make it happen. And uh, yeah, I mean, we all have the ability to do the thing that we love. But we have to find the way that's going to benefit us most so we're not a fish climbing a tree. And within our own personalities and you know, behaviors and skill sets, we find the way that's going to allow us to most naturally flow and have life be fun and easy and enjoyable. And that's my thing for everybody is to remove that life and business needs to be difficult and hard and complicated and lots of effort and lots of hours. Because when you're doing what you love and something you're passionate about and something you do for free – it should be fun and enjoyable. And that thing which you do for free and you're most excellent at and you can do in your sleep is also simultaneously the thing you should be paid the most money for. And so that's my I, – I think I kind of came from the old way of thinking where you know if it's not more hours, more effort, more time, then – and it, I'm not in drudgery, then I shouldn't be paid for it or it shouldn't be valuable or I can't be paid a lot for it. You know, Way back in the day in 2010-11, I thought getting paid more – for for weddings meant adding more time and more hours and more deliverables. And in fact, when I had my happiness levels skyrocket and my clients' happiness levels skyrocket and my business skyrocket and my income skyrocket, my time availability skyrocket, it's when I eliminated the majority of things and I found confidence and certainty and focus and clarity and all these soft skills which is the stuff that I love to talk about. What do you do if you don't receive any feedback from the client? It's hard because I'm a people pleaser. I'd love to know what you mean by that. I mean, the, the reality is <laughs> that could go a couple of ways because I love the idea that, well, I don't love the idea, but I, am, I, I think it's, I mean, look, if the client's happy and they use the video, then you needing feedback, it's your own thing. That has nothing to do with people pleasing, right? Like, that's the fact that you're the type of person and, and, and based on you taking the assessments Zach, I know that you're the type of person who loves connection and relationship and, um, and, and people. And I think you're, I'm like 99% sure I remember your graph and you're a lot wired like me. And so as a byproduct in the situation, let's say when you're, you're calling it people pleasing, which is you don't get feedback from the client, but they like the video ultimately, and they use the video and they paid you for the video, then it's not a people pleasing thing. It's that you like feedback. <laughs> it's that simple. You like affirmation, right? I, I'm fueled by affirmation, right? Like right now, I'm fueled by there being likes and love and comments and yeah, go buddy. Good job. You know, I love that. Now I've learned to not have to actually like it be my oxygen or else I'd be dead <laughs> because, you know, online and the internet, if we're only living our life and our happiness based on likes, loves, shares, comments, and interaction, then um, at times you're not going to get that and your happiness is going to ebb and flow based on that if that is truly what fuels you and you don't learn to circumvent that. And so for me, it used to literally like my happiness levels will go up and down based on that. And now I don't care because I, 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 I've worked from the inside out and I have everything I need offline, and so I don't need the internet 
to fuel my happiness anymore. I don't need clients to fuel my happiness. So he says, so I send the video and they never say anything after. Like other people have said it's great, but the bride never responded. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, the amount of times that I had videos that, I mean, I always, you know, used to joke, no news is good news, you know? (laughs) I mean, uh, you know, obviously it's better to get no email than an email with 4,000 changes for something. Um, And it's even better to get an email, obviously says great job or to get a phone call or to get something in the mail or to get something that says, Hey, I really appreciate that. You know, thank you. Um, but what I found is through the years, I would have people who literally, you know, um, would, uh, you know, see me three or four years later and go, my gosh, I don't know if you remember me, but you know, we got married and we love the video. It was amazing. I'm thinking, I absolutely do remember you. And, and on top of that, I, I quite frankly, um, don't recall (laughs) ever hearing a peep, right? I had many of those, um, because people do tend to not like, if they don't have an issue, unfortunately, most people will tend to not say something over saying something. And when people have an issue, they tend to say something over not saying something, right? So you are more likely at times to receive negative feedback before receiving positive feedback. Good or bad, well, that, that's neither here nor there. But the reality is, it's just most people, if they got a problem, they shout from the hills, I got a problem, you need to fix this, this is when I thought, da, 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 da. And when they don't, they tend at times to not say anything versus, right? If you're just irate about an experience at a restaurant, you're highly likely to go on there and say, this was the worst experience I ever had, da, 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 da. Like I see people on Amazon all the time who give one-star reviews because of Amazon shipping method blowing up the package or something, and it has nothing to do with the product. They're not even reviewing the product. They're reviewing basically the experience they had until the product appeared, right? And so at times, we're more fueled by anger to to state that than we are fueled by positivity. So I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't take that negatively. Um, And that's where if you have the courage to not be worried that there's going to be a problem or that you're opening up a can of worms by saying something, you can say, hey, I just want to make sure you got everything and that everything is good to go for you. Now you're basically throwing out there for the person who might have been eh, not that happy, for you to have your ability to people please, if that were truly the truth, because now they'll say, well, now that you speak of it, I actually have da-da-da-da-da to fix, or they may go, oh my God, yes, we love it, da-da-da-da-da, right? And I've had that when I interact with people, you know, when I'm messaging people on, on Facebook, I'll message somebody that, you know, like, oh, I've listened to every episode of your podcast, I absolutely love it. I would have never known. It just so happened that we got into an interaction, now they they say something. They, they've never left the review. They never emailed me and they never messaged me. And so I even made it a point. My wife does this really well. Her review rate on Etsy is almost 50%. Most people aren't like that. But she reviews everything that she, as a collective whole, positive or negative, that she receives on Etsy or online, she receives a review or, or gives a review because it's kind of this law of reciprocation, even though it's not a direct reciprocation, it's a universal law, right? By her putting out their reviews, she tends to receive reviews back. She, she does a little bit. There's always a little handwritten card, you know, I'm fueled by reviews that or, you know, my Etsy store grows with reviews, but that's still, I believe her doing it. So for me now, when I have podcast articles, YouTube videos, Facebook posts, anything that I found some kind of value, I will definitely hit the the like button or I will leave a comment just saying thank you because I want to receive that back. And so I believe that at times we are reflections of who we are and what we do. So 
we're mad when somebody else doesn't return our phone call, but we don't return people's phone calls, right? I try not to be hypocritical. Certain things I'm bad at, but I try not to, you know, be mad at other people when they do it because I know I do it myself, you know? And so um, a couple questions here, and then I'm probably going to go here in a bit. If you're enjoying this, give some likes and love. And uh, yeah, if you're on iTunes, <laughs> listen to the podcast, or you've listened to it on here and well, it's live, uh, definitely go leave a review. So I'm not a full-scale production company yet. I'm essentially a full-time filmmaker, wedding event, blah, 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 but I don't have full-scale production system behind me yet. I'm humble because the work I've been pushing out is bringing high-paying clients, but they're wanting more, and I'm not able to give it to them yet because they all want graphics done, among other things I haven't learned yet. Should I offer to subcontract these services? I don't want to sell them, they're not a deliver. Yeah, I mean, my favorite thing when experimenting with whether or whether or not to take on new th- services is a couple things. One, you know, what kind of company or business do you really want to have and what kind of responsibilities do you really want to have? What kind of lifestyle do you want to have? Uh, what kind of things do you really want to offer? I don't believe that you as a solo person, because you're alluding to the fact that you don't have all these other people around you, uh, I don't believe that you need to. Um, necessarily learn all these skills and think, okay, now I, I can do 80,000 different things. So now every, every request that a client makes, I'm going to be able to fulfill by myself. I would definitely experiment and maybe you're eating a little bit of money or maybe you have people who are willing to barter with you or something, but experiment because to me, free is the, the easiest way to remove major responsibility and major expectations, right? Hey, we're, 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 we're thinking about offering this service. Um, you know, I'm willing to just do this for you for this first time, just as a tester, right? I love the the teaser, the appetizer, the case study. Let's try this out. Let's see how it fits. Let's see how it works. Let's see if I like this. Let's see if I want to, um, you know, go down the path of offering this more. Because uh, you may try something and you go, I don't want anything to do with this, right? Because you can either have kind of strategic partners and connect people to other services, right? Where you're not having any involvement or you can white label it and keep it within your own company and you you got to manage it all, right? So now you're managing that much more and subcontractors and, you know, graphic people and motion graphics and all these other things. So it, it really, you know, it just depends. Um, wedding space specific. It's great to post a video to your Facebook business page and share the link with the couple. Then you'll see all the love. Plus, yeah, absolutely. I agree with that, Van Hey, a, a, a ton, buddy. Um, you know, absolutely. And reply to Zach's thing. Yeah. Always share the video on your own fan page, you know, for weddings and then have them share from that. And then you get to see likes and loves and comments and shares, um, from there. Um, you mentioned calling clients. Can you give an example of some things you would say when you call them? Thanks so much for this. I totally needed to hear this. Thanks for advice. So we'll probably wrap this up on this one. So Kristen, uh, Kristen Whitehead says, you know, can you give an example of things you would say? I have uh, one I, I could even share, but I don't have it right now, so I'll just give my 10 cents on it right now. But um, I had uh, – give some likes and love again. I always say it. New people popping on if you're enjoying this. But uh, So one of the things is I had a referral actually once, and the person, all they wanted – and so I film a lot of events and conferences and workshops or, or, or uh, outsource those. And so um, – you know, some people, they don't know – a lot of clients, it doesn't matter what the client is. They don't know what they don't know, which is why do you want to be a master chef and be the expert and have people trust you and you guide them and you advise them and you help them and you serve them? Or do you just want to have orders barked at you and you just do whatever somebody thinks they want and you don't have any you don't have any opinion? And that's typically when you don't know any better yourself or you're not very confident. 
um, to speak up. So you just let people walk all over. And you're like, well, if I just say yes to everything, then I don't want to get paid. Well, there's truth to that. You also tend to get paid the least amount of money when acting that way. Um, so one, you know, somebody comes to me and they say, Hey, you know, uh, we have a two day shoot and we're needing, um, you know, just to have the entire event filmed from start to finish. And, um, and, uh, we think we just need two cameras, probably just one person. We need you from nine to five, both days. And, uh, we just need it on hard drive. Okay. So that could be an email that you get. Here's my date or dates. Here's how long, how many hours, here's how many people, here's how many cameras, and here's the deliverables we need. Here's what we need from you. Are you available and how much are you? And so my, my goal is to get on the phone with them and, and say, have you ever done this before? You know, and explain to them and guide them on, well, we've done this this long, this, you know, this many years. Here's clients we've worked for. And let me just explain to you a little bit about what we do and how we approach events um, and then I would go through and guide the process and saying, well, yes, uh, you may only need, you may be right now thinking you only need the two cameras, um, for the event, but you know, through the years that we've done this, that we have a whole, you know, slew of kind of how we approach this in the sense that one, we can come in and this is usually the thing that we do the most is we'll come in and we kind of make an on-site sizzle video. And so what we tend to like to do is have this done by the end of the event and then Usually it's the client. I'll say this from experience. I say, we have it already. And then it's usually on the client to fulfill the other part of this because we don't really have control over this. But the, the best clients do what we say here, which is we already have the video on your fan page. You share the video from stage. You say that video is on your fan page. And, you know, you can either incentivize the share by saying you're going to, you know, to the person who shares first, we're giving a free ticket or, you know, whatever. There's, there's different ways you can approach with whatever feels right to you, but definitely just say, Hey, it's on our page, go there and share it. Because if your event has 30 people, your event has 30,000 people having that many super pumped and excited people in the room who you might get a third to two thirds or half of the people to go there and share that. We've seen that really spike the engagement and the exposure and reach of that video and of your event immediately why people are hot and heavy and excited. So that video is for the now, and it just kind of recaps for everybody. There's, it's a great closer to the event to, this is what you just experienced. This was the last few days that you just invested your time and energy in. And you put online, you share it, so you get all that value out of it. You can send to your email newsletter, et cetera, et cetera. And then from there, we're going to get, usually depends on the event, but somewhere between on the low end, five to seven, and on the high end, 15 to 20 testimonials usually in an event. And when we get done with that, we always have the ability to create one main video from that footage that has a multiple people inside uh, the highlight video. But then we'll go back and we'll look, and we usually have the ability to create anywhere from five to 10, 15 extra video assets from that footage. And one of the things we want to find out from you do you have a course or a mastermind? What other things do you offer? Because if we find the right people at the event to interview, we might be able to not just make a promo video for this live event, but a promo video for your mastermind, a promo video for um, your course, You know, a number of different things. So that way you're being able to capitalize on hiring us once to come in and get, because we're not gonna, whether we make, we shoot to make one video or we can make 15, the actual overall shooting and to make the one video is all the same cost. 
it's all the editing on the extra videos that's going to cost more, but you're not having to hire somebody in just to come in just to make a course video or just to come in again to make a mastermind video. We have all these people in this one room now. Let's maximize that while we're there. And so that's just some of the way, hopefully you're, you're hearing some of that, but that's some of the way that I can come in and explain to them. And this is only because I understand this area. I'm an expert in this area. I've been doing this area for years. We've worked with a ton of people and this isn't my first rodeo. And so in that ability to articulate these other ways that we can come in and maximize their, their dollar spend is going to make them more inclined to hire us and pay more than it is to hire the person who's just going to be like, yeah, what? okay, I can do that, $800, right? You might get hired approaching things that way, but you're typically going to get hired, one, if they don't deal with someone like me, or if my prices are, if they do deal with someone like me, my prices are so astronomical out of the person's budget, which has happened <laughs> for sure. Um, um, but you're going to also typically get the lower rate because there's not, tying this all for circle, full circle, there's not as much val- perceived value in a person that doesn't speak up and provides no no extra expertise, no extra professionalism, no extra deliverables, no extra anything from a value standpoint besides, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, we can do that. You know, that seems great on the surface again, but on the surface, how many people can they get to just take their orders and do it? If there's 50 people who will take orders and do more or less the same thing, wouldn't you pick the cheapest option? But when now all of a sudden you jump out of that pond and now you're the only one floating around in this particular pond because there's not that other many people doing what you do or saying what you're saying, now more than likely it is going to just come down to money and either you're way out of their budget and right now, which I've seen right now, which again ties full circle, they're going to go after they experience things, nobody compares to you and their goal will be to work with you. Maybe this isn't the project. I've seen that. Oh, this isn't the right project, but we're going to keep you in mind. And boom, they end up hiring you. Um, Or again, they have such a poor experience with trying to save money. And they remember everything that you said. They know who you worked with. They know that you'll do what you say you're going to do. And they come back to you. So rock and roll, my friends. Great episode here in Jumpstart Sessions. Excited. uh, Yeah, it was a good episode. Excuse me. you're watching it live get some likes and love leave some comment leave some feedback <laughs> and uh if you're enjoying this on itunes please leave a review and uh be greatly appreciated and yeah rock and roll my friends excited for everything that's to come if you ever have episode ideas or topics you might like to see covered you can head on over to jumpstartsessions.net Go to the contact form, fill that out. If you're on Facebook, fire me a message and uh, and we'll go from there. So super, super excited. Thank you all for listening. And uh, here's to an amazing rest of the week for you, wherever you're listening from. Keep rocking and rolling and we will talk soon. See ya.